They still do. Have you good? <laughs> Just dialing it in like the old school TVs. <laughs> Nothing like welcome balls. to the outer limits and all that shit, <laughs> folks. Welcome to another Hotbox podcast. Uh, tonight we'll be talking Lang Dank with myself, Buzz, Dan the Grow Man, Myrtle, and Jules. Hello, back Hello, again. Everybody. A, sh- a short interlude. A short from, interlude back from the snow. Yeah, back from sleet and snow and minus six at times and wind chill factor in northern Europe. And uh, now we get back to Joburg and there's been 60 mil of rain since we arrived. Listen to it. It's cooking out there. It is yeah. crazy out there. Yeah. Folks, uh, we're going to get straight into it. Jules and Motor, like you're saying, you have landed from Vienna. Why were you there? What was the deal with Vienna? Because Vienna's like very taboo, yeah, at the moment. We certainly thought of that every time we ate a schnitzel or a brockwurst or whatever. The food was amazing. But you know, they say that there's, a, there's an 80s song for every moment. And I think when it comes to the United Nations, it's just a case of, oh, Vienna, you know, same old thing. Um, so we went to um, the United Nations in Vienna at the International Center. They've got a huge, big building there. And, um, and we've, uh, we attended what is called the 61st Commission on Narcotic Drugs. Yes, like. So all of the countries that have representation at the United Nations mm-hmm. send their relevant departments there. And then there are also a number of NGOs that are invited to participate as part of the Civil Society Forum at these huge meetings. Doesn't it sound interesting? Yeah, so you have two sets of meetings. The first is what are called plenary sessions. So that is where the actual um, laws uh, laws about drugs are not changed. (laughs) (laughs) And what's what's unique about the CND is that the, the countries vote on consensus. So you have these plenary sessions where they discuss and present their various options. Then you have something which is called the Committee of the Whole, uh, or COW. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes your eyes water, that committee. Yeah. <laughs> committee of the Whole. And yeah, this look, has it's... to be the most boring thing that you've ever seen in your life. So you, all the countries and their delegates meet in a room. And they have a huge big screen, and then it's they, a, it's they a roll, trading, it's a horse trading. Yeah, thing. they roll all of their various drug policies through, and then they discuss the wording of those. So then they say, okay, should we reschedule ketamine? And then they say, no, we don't want to use the word reschedule, we want to use the word decriminalize, or la 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 la. Mm-hmm. So there's three different sections to the meetings. The plenary sessions where they discuss the actual policy, the committee of the whole where they discuss the wording of the policy, but then by far the most um, important and exciting part of it was the side events. Every day there are sort of eight or ten different side events, and that's everybody from... Sam in America, the safer access, dreadful prohibition people, all the way through to uh, organizations such as INPUD, which is the International Association for People Who Use Drugs. So the side events are the showcase of the various NGOs' work around the world. And that is really really the most interesting part of the the meetings. Yeah, Yeah, it's full of the people who actually use the drugs. Because there's two distinct sides to it. The people who make the policy about the drugs, who forget that they use drugs every day because they're not illegal. And then there's the guys that use all the drugs that are illegal. 
and they are the ones that are trying to push for change. And they change really quickly if they want to, because 12 drugs were rescheduled, mm. put into the schedule in four days. But it's taken 100 years or 70 years not to change a damn thing mm. about policy. Mm. But they, they can schedule a drug really freaking quickly. Yeah. And do you feel like, I know, I know we're all like weed before that, but was there a sense there of the, the next big drug to be legalized or decriminalized? Because One of them. Weed yeah. must be a bit sort of old news, I imagine. No, weed's to still those very, it's very much there, and there was a lot of side events about yeah, it. Yeah, the, the most, by far, the, the biggest delegation of people representing a particular drug was weed, but there was a lot of talk about psychedelics. Um, for and therapy. for therapy, so there was talk about mushrooms, ketamine, yeah, mushrooms, LSD. Yeah. Support psychedelics. Um, um, the the MAPS uh, Association, which is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, they were like really well represented there. They're very well funded. Uh, great young people, all in their 20s and yeah. 30s. It's uh, students um, for Sensible Drug Policy. So they've been in the States since the late 90s, but now they're getting caches all over Europe, and it's literally university students that want change on drug policy. And they are invited to meetings at this level. But I don't see a single thing like this in this part of the world ever. No, well, we no. had quite a few instances where really young people came up to us and said, oh, we're so pleased to hear, to meet you, and we, we, uh, we've heard all about you. And it was generally somebody from Students for Sensible Drug Policy. The Austrian um, young lady was really, really nice. She, she's mainly into him. And she'd heard all about Tony Budden. She was very excited about what's happening in South Africa. So there's these two sides of the thing. There's these old bullets who are all old white men, all just bitter and irritating, and they can really fuck you off when you've got to sit there and listen to them and just swallow and swallow because you, you can't heckle from the, from the cheap seats. But let's face it, no one likes swallowing old white men anyway. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And, and then there was this very young, vibrant uh, contingency of people who, who are doing amazing work all, all around the world. So what happens at CMD, generally the most, most important stuff happens outside of the, the plenary and the committee of the whole. It happens at the coffee shop, in mm. the corridors, even in the loo. I met people in the loo. You know, and you think, oh, where are you from? You and know, what do you um, do? And, really uh, funny observation, if you want to go for a ciggy, Mm. <coughs> you have to get down, down the escalator, through the foyer, round to building A on this big circular thing, go down three floors into a multi-storey car park, yes. a walk across this wind tunnel, and there's a six-foot container with some glass in it, and that's where you smoke cigarettes. Mm. What? We called it the drug consumption room, because that's what it is. Yeah, people would come Next up to, to me and say, are you coming with me to the drug consumption <laughs> <laughs> You know, on the second day, there's an O with a fenter trailer and a coffee machine. But you know, if you do call it a drug consumption room, it all changes, because oh. that, you don't get, it doesn't get called that. Myrtle dragged me into one in the airport. Well, she didn't yeah. drag me in, but... We're together and she went for a cigarette and I walked into this place and I've never been in one. Yeah. Because the last time I smoked, you could. Everywhere. <laughs> you know, everywhere. Yeah, Eve, I remember smoking on a fucking plane and putting the ciggy out in the ashtray. I remember those ashtrays in the airplane. I saw something so cool the other day. Uh, Masqueeze and I were out thrifting and I should have so bought it for the studio. I regret it in hindsight. Maybe it'll be there. It was one of those old zombie killer ashtrays from like the 80s or 90s. <laughs> yeah. Probably, like you said, you could smoke everywhere. 
but it was a SAPS one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it? I should have. Oh, like, maybe yet. You know, maybe yet. Myrtle and I went to a freezing cold uh, flea market in, in Vienna on the Saturday we were off, and it was a sight to behold. But Jesus, it was minus five, and the only thing I bought was this really stupid hat for five euro that covered my ears and every big fluffy thing looked like yeah. a sort of Cossack on acid or something. <laughs> Bradley just made some fresh brownies. Bradley? Yes. Okay. Mm, nice. Bradley, yeah. do you do deliveries? Yeah. <laughs> Eat them now, Bradley. Nice and warm and in They rain. kick in by the time we finish, ne? Join us for the ride. Um, <laughs> so while you guys were in Vienna, you did a little stop over in Amsterdam. We certainly did. Yeah, um, sure. On the way there, um, we had uh, uh, quite a long wait before our flight to Vienna. So Steve Komp here from Cannabis Network News, who lives up in the north of Holland, fetched us from the airport. And uh, God bless Steve. When we got into his car, he had two big joints <laughs> rolled for us. And he said, no, we're not going to go into the city. It's too busy. We're going to go to the beach. So we were actually, the for the beach. first time, we went to the beach in, in, in the, Holland and oh, wow. had some the lunch north and sea. got stoned. That's different. Yeah. Just, Was the water yeah. warm? Uh, I don't think Holland's known for its beaches. Eh? Well, you know, there was something quite nice about it that it was really it was a calm day, but freezing cold, and the beach is totally flat for miles out to sea. It's the flatlands. It was all flat. The whole damn thing's flat. But he took us to a cool coffee shop. Yeah. Uh, but he loaded up on freshly made, uh, ready-made cones. Big deal. Yeah, roll joints now. Pre-roll is massive on the menu. But it's all got this freaking herbal mix in it. Oh. Well, it man, well nice. you, before you get into it, I saw you posted or you sent me a pic or us or whatever. And wherever you were at, they were saying that, please no strawberry yeah, or lemon yes, yes. or yeah, whatever no, weed in the thing. And I was like, but isn't weed weed? Is something going on? Yeah, it's adulterated. It's yeah. actually, you know, we were talking about you could make swag into cool by the yeah, pool it. with terpenes. Yeah, mm -hmm. Well, that's kind of what they're doing, but they're not actually using terpenes. It's, um... No, they're using the glycol flavorings that they use for the shisha pipes. Okay. Uh, so they just you know put a stuff? few drops of that. Strawberry yeah. flavor yeah. In, a, in a hundred gram bag, give it some, and then they you open the bag because everyone's big on smelling. Now, smell this, Brune. There's lemonade, strawberry kush, and vanilla, vanilla kush. So those are the three that they use, and th that photograph was taken in here, the cannabis, uh, the cannabis college. Yes. Yeah, you know this play. It's yeah, yeah, I've been there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they are. They, they were the neighbours. They are neighbours on the streets of Sensi, basically. So we dropped yeah. loads of flies and bits off there. Cool. And um, they are legendary, but they're purists and they're non-profit, and they're doing it and putting it back into the cause. It's not a commercial entity. Blows you away that the people behind the counter volunteer their time. And they're, and they're all on shifts and stuff. Yeah. It's an amazing source of information, this place. Um, so, yeah, they've got a sign there that says, we will check your weed before you use our vaporizers. Yeah, they don't want that shit. So they that. check the weed, they put it under a microscope. If they can see glycol crystals or anything, they don't let you use their vaporizers because they've got those volcano vaporizers mm -hmm. in their little city. Team green, area. team green. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so civilized. You walk in, there's a whole bunch of couches, loads of info and stuff. Yeah. And a place with, with a nail already at the right temperature. You know? Well, not so much a nail, to tell you the truth. The nail's still under the counter. Yeah. Concentrates are still illegal. So then on our way back from Vienna, we, we stopped in Amsterdam for two days, just because it's our favorite city in Europe. And, uh, and also because we couldn't find any THC in Vienna. We, a friend of a friend gave us a tiny little like, nug, which we 
made last for like three times. <laughs> anyway, we got back to Amsterdam, got loaded up on the THC. We also went to go and see our international affiliate, Sensi Seeds. Um, we had a great meeting with them, which is great to see them again, you know. There's these huge big cannabis businesses all around the world, but these guys actually give back. You know, yeah. they've got two fantastic hemp and marijuana museums in one in Amsterdam and one in, in Barcelona. Um, they really do give back to activism, and I'd like to give them a shout out because yeah, we time. actually stayed in the Sensi C's apartment. Yeah, they put us and up for three if days. If you know how nice, expensive nice. accommodation is in, in Europe, to have a whole apartment to ourselves, especially because it was so freezing outside. We were really, really spoiled. Right above the museum, downtown, right mm. there. Walk yeah. out, you oh, get every cool. food from all around the world in 30 seconds. Cool. Right next to Greenhouse's oh, coffee okay. shop. Now, I'm sure you saw all the usual suspects, but we yeah. need to get down to brass fucking tax now. How much was the weed and was it worth it? Um, anything between 200 and 300 rand a gram. And for me, it's not worth it because, you know, um, I don't... I don't go for high-end weed. I'm, I'm a sort of homegrown greenhouse dude. But this this stuff is not what it seems. It all kind of tastes the same. Sort of had a bit of a perfume to it, as if it hadn't been cleaned properly. None of it stayed lit. You know that whole thing about putting tobacco in because it stays lit. Maybe it, maybe it's true because I don't know. This weed is not. It was like... really short-lived as well because yeah. I mean by this stage our tolerance levels were really down. So we got we bought some lemon haze. 15 euro a gram so that's 225 rand for a gram so we just got one gram of i mean like you do nine tenths of it in a joint yeah, yeah. yeah. and then you've got this bit left yeah. that you can't use so why, but we said we just do a gram because yeah. then we can have another gram in another place instead of buying our but it, 20 minutes later we need another joint mm. that was my big thing it was really short-lived it's, I don't but we know did, what makes we it wake sure. and bake every morning in Amsterdam, and it does. I mean, it's cool. It's, it gets you downstairs into a coffee anyway. <laughs> I said that earlier. Maybe it is like that. Amsterdam's probably a bit like the McDonald's of weed now. It's, know, it's there to serve a yeah, point and a the, price and a purpose and an expectation, and that's it. You know, a couple of blocks out of town, keep going out for a two, three Ks. We met some uh, Maro from the Stone Society, the guy who's putting on the uh, one of the organizers for the summer. Concert. Well, tell us about that because you were saying you just got invited to this thing. What is this thing? Man, we find we and sound, when is this we, thing? We sound we feel like we've arrived because now our name's on the flyer and uh, we're, we're keynote speakers at we, one of not, Europe's biggest hemp festivals yeah. in yeah. Amsterdam on I think it's the 17th, it's the 17th of, of June. June. It's called the Cannabis Befreidungsdag at the Freedom Day and it's a free party. And have bands and stores and all of the usual thing, and they use their this is their tenth year putting on the on the event, and um, and they've got speakers Donna Larson from from Canada who's married to a South African, and we have a certain kinship with him as an activist. Then we have Ed Rosensall who's also an cool. activist from of legendary status, and yeah. us on the yeah. flyer. So it's very it's very humbling, and thanks to the Stone Society and VOC Nederland. Who's a big, um, big non-profit? a big dra drug policy non-profit uh, in in Europe. So, we we're, we're going to be going back to Amsterdam, and they asked us to please invite South Africa. So start saving now and come with us. Yes. Don't you think? It's um, okay, it's going to be great. It's in Flevo Park, one of the biggest parks in Amsterdam, and it'll be about the average is about twenty six degrees in June in Amsterdam, so it's not so freezing. Um, and yeah, wouldn't it be great to have a big party of South Africans going? That would be awesome. You know, saying that, there was a whole bunch of South Africans there. We 
behind the counter selling in the second hand shop and stuff. Yeah, she was she was from Cape Town. And a really funny thing, um the first restaurant we went to on the beach down, the first waitress we ever have an interaction with, ever. South Africa. Finds out we're from South Africa. Says, Oh no, I love South Africa. I went to Cape Town, but I spent most of my time in time in small towns. I went to Barrydale and Myrtle said Barrydale. Oh, and she said, yeah, and I, was, uh, I met this cool guy talking about cannabis and we went, Alex. It was Alex Dowding. So the very first oh, person okay. we ever spoke to as a stranger in Amsterdam, in Holland, knew Alex Dowding. So Alex, yeah. yeah. And I, I think Alex was also on the first episode. Yeah, Alex was on the first episode. Uh, yeah, Alex gets around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said it off the UK. Yeah. There's... there's some comments here that are coming through, and we've got um, oh, June, Mr. Higo, Rolf Higo, that's Ralph. awesome here. Hello, Ralph. Ralph. Okay. Evening. Sharing the feed now. <clears throat> I suppose the most asked question right now is when are, is, the DC and Jeremy LL getting called back to Concord for the ruling? Well, oh, good question. We wish we knew. We Ralph, wish we, knew, we, wish, we wish we had a 50 cents for every time we've been answering it lately. We're going to have to put another blog post out with a, sorry, we don't know. We talk about it every day. And we had a WhatsApp from somebody two days ago in a coffee shop talking to these guys. And it said, did you hear about the Concord decision? Are we going to protest it? Are we going to protest it on mass or in numbers? And our hearts dropped. I showed her the, until the phone. And these guys are still talking about weed and weed and weed and CBD and stuff and the coffee shop industry and everything. And we're going, eh. <laughs> But we, it was a, yeah. We were we were actually a little bit worried that the that the ruling would maybe come out while we were away because that would have been a bit disappointing. But we're home now, so come Concord, let us know. You know, put it, they they would probably let our legal teams have an idea of what's happening first, and we know that Schindler's will definitely let us know <coughs> the minute that they know. So yeah. Well, the original judgment by Davis gave, <coughs> excuse me, gave the, the state. Two years within which to reenact, re rewrite the pertinent law. But the state appealed it. So that two years doesn't kick in until the appeal has actually been won. Because if it's turned around, then there is no two years. So everyone's saying, but two years, two years. It's not two years yet. That's the whole point of an appeal. It puts the brakes on for another two years. Nobody ever said that it was going to be at the end of the third quarter, at the first, first quarter, quarter of the year. But the, the lawyers, uh, Schindlers, say in their gut months ago, they should get this out by the end of the first quarter. But you see how dynamic South African politics is and how, how incredibly full the Concord is yeah. at the moment. It's making these massive decisions. It's got a, and ours is just another one. So, Ralph, I don't know, matey. I really, we, we can't second guess it anymore. Do we have to do the trial of the plant again and ventilate the rest of the... Uh, the evidence because the other side hasn't put their evidence in yet and it's just as important so it's a it's a knife it's a catch-22 do we not have to get a million rand to do the trial of the plant again will this be a groundbreaking decision and more important where when will it be yeah so i think the short answer is oh, we're all waiting to exhale on this uh, <laughs> the expectation was by the end of this month it could be any minute now, but yeah. I assure you, it's the moment we know. Yeah, no, it'll be out there. Yeah. Yesterday would have been a great day to have had it. And if it happens pre-D day. Well, you know, um, we had this, I had this joke with people, what if they know so much and have so much respect for the culture that they do it? 
on the 20th of April because it's a Friday. The hilarious. It'll be like, what's that? What's his? Who's it? Mahuing Mahuing. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> so, yeah, look, if it's not the first quarter, then, you know, it'll be the second quarter. And what they have on their side is time. They can fuck with it for as long as they like. Yeah. I don't see the Concord. Fuck, I don't mean it that way about the Concord. But the state, for sure, is going to be... They're going to Jacob Zuma. Because this is not the only thing that we got running with the state. Remember, there's still crop spraying going on. Yeah. There's still that going down. They haven't returned to spray any crops since 2015. But the, the lawsuit doesn't go away. And we're trying to make it more and more and more into a class action now. That's another whole kettle of fish. That's you literally took I... that, sorry, that guy out of his mouth with it having on 420. Some guy said it. <laughs> <laughs> who, said, no, who said it? Because class rates. Um, <laughs> Daniel Cruitt. Daniel, yeah, you're on the same page as me, mate. Telepathetic, bro. Yeah, dude. I can see the future of it. So I must, uh, uh, just to add another thing about Vienna here, there's a definite kinship amongst the countries whose laws are changing. Because we were in this one uh, very, very well-attended cannabis meeting, and uh, there was Canada and Uruguay and the Netherlands, um, a few other countries like Italy is, is making moves, Czech Republic, and um, there's this like, little conspiracy going along with them, because as far as the United Nations are concerned, they will offer us treatment so that we can return to normal life. Okay? Uh, after our, after our, we've got rid of our cannabis addiction. They're going to pray... Our weed away. They're going to pray our weed away, and one day we're going to be normal. Because they're going to be amazing. But it really is heartening to know that we've got tremendous support from. We met the Uruguayan guys, very, very nice guys, invited us to Uruguay and all of that. So there's this kinship and this great middle finger that is going to this dinosaur called the United Nations. So if anybody ever says to you, oh, well, we signed these international treaties. Uh, uh, uh. Don't, 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 even, don't even ever worry about that. Because uh, we must all remember one thing. Apartheid was also legal once upon a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We must Act, the whole yeah. deal, yeah. 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 No, it will fall because it's falling around the world. What we did see was no evidence that they could put the cat back in the bag anymore. It's out. Yeah. So they, they're dealing with what form of out that they want. And our major mission was to take our outcomes document of our discussion pamphlet. Uh, we'll have to do a session on that as well. Yeah, outcomes uh, coming. Yeah, Myrtle, uh, Myrtle and the team produced a 40-page thing this size, beautifully produced with some great photos of the cannabis world in South Africa. Yeah, and it's awesome. a document to invite everybody to put in their comments as to what you want to see a legalization model look like. Because some people want utopia, and you know what? In our hearts, we all do, but we've got to We're be going pragmatic. Going down the debit hole yeah. again, you know. So, going down the so that is with, uh, that was one of our major missions. We took some glossy brochures to the UN, and we left them on the NGO policy tables. And every day, we filled them up, and they did go, and they must have gone to the the right people because not, not all of them went. And we had, and our people who've been there for years said, "Don't put them all out at once. Just put them little bit, little bit, because you know what? Feed Some them, of them throw them away at the end of the." end of the day because they're yeah. meaningless to people but they're 20 bucks each to us mm. it's a glossy thing and it has to be high impact so yeah. Myrtle had them in the bag all the time and every time <laughs> there's somebody that's really you know there's the dude from Transformer some other <laughs> you must read this Uruguay the first person <laughs> have a read of this I think they would have been happy if you stapled the grand to it <laughs> <laughs> imagine uh, just a quick shout out to Extraction Tech 
from Denver, all the way from Denver. They've Denver? Yeah. No, Colorado! Yeah, not like near Cleveland. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> well, I can hear in South Park in my head now. Hey, Denver, that, oh, must yeah. be a, that must be a weird time of day in Denver. What is that, first thing in the morning? You're like 7, 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the morning. The morning must be morning. It like, yeah, cool. must be pretty early-ish. So, uh, there was action yesterday, because yesterday was apparently Human Rights Day, for what it's worth. Don't know if it's like just get together and drink just in South or, Africa, just in, just South, in Africa. South Africa. But in Neisner, the march went down because it was a pretty short announcement. But I think between Mary Lou and Alicia and like Jeremy and yeah. then a march happened there. It was a bit of an issue just to give you guys the lowdown. So everyone gathered in Neisner, the rusters and that. But there was no, from what I understand, official permit for this. So the Public Gatherings Act, that dinosaur of the law, kicked in and and it says. When you gather in crowds of more than 14 people at a time, you need to have a permit. Don't we know? So, it was this clusterfuck of groups trying to stay together, but it's not going to happen. But the, in essence, people rocked up. It yeah. happened. Apparently, they almost arrested Jeremy. Yeah, well, I'm sure that but he was poking the But he's eminently arrestable. <laughs> <laughs> or is that eminently arrestable? Well, well, Jeremy, why... do you come with your own cuffs? <laughs> um, so the reason why they had the march was while we were, were away actually I think it was on the first day that we were at the UN we got the news that the police were raiding Judah Square but I mean of course the police were raiding Judah Square it's harvest time yeah. they were after the harvest they arrested Jabu who is an old guy who is a bit disabled and he is just the sweetest, sweetest gentlest character and they always go after Jabu I think they kept him in jail for a night, and Neisner has now had enough. So thanks very much to Sister Kerry McKenna from Judah Square, Mary Lou, to Julie at um, at the, I can't remember the name of the place, but it's, I think it's Neisner Pledge Ads, who always supports us, and she put an ad for the march out. Uh, Anthony, to Anthony Colley, yeah, Anthony, and to, to those Anthony, people. Yeah, great artwork and stuff going down, Anthony. Yeah. Some good and a quick, going quick on. punt, cut to ad. Mm. Yeah. Check out vaporwise.co.za. Vapor That's Anthony set up. You know, the oak tries is genuine. It's brilliant. No, no, we've done demos and stuff. Vaporwise have got some really top end gear. Yeah. I'm happy they're in affiliate cool. and stuff. Back so to I the main so show. Many, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, uh, people rallied around and uh, paid for Jeremy's transport to come up from Cape Town. Fair dues. I know oh, he came up with Alicia. Oh, he came up with Alicia. Alicia, thank you very much for always being there for us. Not so much in the background. Um, uh, she's our favourite Instagram canatic. <laughs> um, and so, yes, it looked like uh, yesterday was successful and exciting. And it just proves that the best activists are those people who really know how ugly prohibition is. Mm. And Neisner has had enough from their local newspaper to their police to the courts, to everybody, it's, Neisner are pissed off. And it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. And it's really sad that there should be such bullshit going on there. The targets. They target Jabu was the yeah. first guy to get a photograph with Stranchin Ford all those years ago. Really? When Stranchin went down to get the state of prosecution. Mm. And he was talking to the little dude with one great big like yep. platypus of a <laughs> dreadlock thing. Well, that was Jabu. So he's, yeah. and he's back in the thick of it again because they never let up. Yeah. But it's all about the harvest. They don't pull it out right at the beginning, they pull it out at the end because right it's the much end. more used to them right at the of end. Mm. Damn it, man. They know the game, they know the game. But we, was... show... <coughs> Sorry, we showed the people around the world in the meetings. It literally happened on the first day. I think it was on the Monday. Did it take in the bag of Matakwane to show them? <laughs> <laughs> Save us from swag. <laughs> Jeez. 
Yeah, the Matakwani. Um, uh, oh, the video's looking uh, cool for the for the Lesotho trip we did. Yeah, we'll do a link when we get to it because we'll yeah. pass Red CNN. I don't think it's gone public yet. It's, it? it's, in, okay. it's on my phone. I've seen it. Okay. It's uh, about four and a half, five minutes, and it's yeah. straight to the point. So, as they say, the more info you put in, the more you have to explain. Because people from don't even know what a Lesotho is. We ask quite a few people, like, do you know where Lesotho is? No. What? Yeah. You know the picture of the three of us in the big field? Yeah. Well, I, I was proud to show everybody that picture because that's all they want to see. That's what they want they to see. They want to see indigenous hats. farmers yeah. making yeah. it happen because, let's face it, that field was destined for fodder mostly. Course. It was going to go to cattle. No, they tune, they sell that shit. Well, we, we see, had we, this we, yeah, we chat. <laughs> ah. chat. We had that chat. Okay. <laughs> Guys, check episode or two ago. Yeah. Go tell us what you think what about number the whole are we on? What number of podcasts are we on? Is it 10 or 11? 11? We're 11 now. Yeah. 11. Yeah. So that is their 20, well, 20 coming up to 30 in a row. Wow. All of, a sudden it'll be, all of a sudden it'll be a year. Jeez, yeah. yeah, it's growing old. You know, you think about you think about Denver dude coming in to say hello, and we're like thirty-two episodes into something, and you see the length of some of the podcasts. They've been doing it for years in Denver. It's like ingrained. Isn't yeah, it? no, we still have training. They're, they're way ahead of us. Yeah. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, I reckon. We, we can. Thanks to folk like us, just like yeah. us, <laughs> by Mary Jane. Eh? So. Uh, Tony Budden, for those who don't know, Tony Budden's basically the hemp man in SA, you know, mm. and he's done a good job of marketing stuff like that as well, he's recognized, he's respected for good reason and that, but he put out a post this week and it really resonated with me, and it might not resonate with everyone out there because you're not in the same position as us, but I think in our circle, I'm just going to read this out, uh, how many hemp cattle folk are feeling this now with so many people trying to get into the industry? I now have a policy of sending a free info pack with all our videos, curated links and articles, and if that doesn't answer the question, we charge a consultancy. That is refundable if we do any business together on the topic of consultation. Most people accept this easily, and it makes me wish we had done this earlier, as I cannot tell you how much time and info we have given away for no reward. This is not around convincing people of the benefits of cannabis, but to people already convinced but now who want to learn and get involved. I'm not a can of Google. And then it links a cool article about, no, you can't pick my brain, it costs too much. But I think what he's saying is, we have all had to transmit this info over and over, that you actually get to a point where you're like, either you're not hearing what I'm saying, or you're too lazy, and now I must just answer your... Because the question we get is when my inbox, it's, it's the most common email, and WhatsApp is, how do I get a hemp license? And it's not even like an educated question. It's just, how do I get it? And then I'm going to say, okay, cool, my friend. I'm going to come around. I'm going to yeah. fill it in for you. And then you're going to stamp it. And then there's your license. No. <laughs> but I think people have this idea of it. So you would hope that they yeah. come with maybe an educated question. Because if they're serious, come on. But you get tired of answering it so much that also maybe it's time that we charge people. Because maybe if you don't charge a person for your opinion... They're not going to take it seriously. Yeah, I agree. It's a difficult one, but I know our inbox. This this um, time when we were away, I mean, I think there's about 184 unanswered emails and things because I just actually just shelved it and only did the most important ones. 
And what we've done is we've, every time there's a really important topic that we get the same question over and over again, we both update the frequently asked questions on all three of the websites, okay? yeah, we blogs, and yes. we write a blog post about it. So then there's two blogs, there's the Ducker Couple blog and Skills of Green for All blog. If you think license, oh, I should ask the DC, or I should ask Fields of Green for All, then just go to the blog and see if there isn't a blog on there, because each one of those blogs will have a link out. Yeah. And you know, we've been, we've been, Jules and I have been doing this writing course, because we sometimes get completely blocked as to what to say. You know, you know you want to write about this topic, and then you look at again. this thing. Again. <laughs> That's know. the thing. It's a finite and, amount of topic. Because you know what yeah. we're doing to ourselves? We're doing this very gradually. It's like when you, apparently like when you cook a, a frog or whatever. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, if you say a word very quickly, a lot, you forget the meaning of that word. Have you mm. done that to yourself? Yeah. We're doing that to ourselves about the word cannabis very slowly. Yeah. It's yeah, like, killing it. are we, are we totally. gonna like, boom, that word's just but gonna you be just huge. Make a, uh, just make a, a pre-made template. Well, that's what you know, that's And what it becomes inhumane, it becomes like a be, robot reply. Yeah, because. Yeah. And that sucks, but. They must understand that if they're going to ask the same thing, that can be easily answered by just doing a bit of Google research. Because Google is literally where you get everything. Well, you, so, the thing is, you can get everything. You, you need to. So you need to give them some guidance as to where it's not. Of course, so, no, that's why we've got the blog post. Concerned young fruitcakes for. Yeah, and we worked. We've worked out on an average we spend between three and six hours on each blog post. So there's our donation to the cause, as it were. There are three to six hours of work. There's the blog post, there's the relevant Google links, there's the blah, blah, 20 links out of every conceivable so conversation. First. I mean, I also would prefer a human response. I really would. I don't like those automated well, it responses. Well, it is. We, we, we pride ourselves. If you get an automated response and it's a kind of like, just, you know, this is what it, it's telling you to do something that's so obvious, then it's kind of... Yeah, look, yeah. Every, uh, we've answered every single email for yeah. the last eight years. We've had Keep to, because it. It, you know what, you every one of job. them is unique. It might be the same question, but they're on a different medication or something. Or what was I? Oh, my, I haven't got my phone. What just came in now when I woke up? Um, I promise you it was, how do I get a license? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was a mother and a son. It was just heartbreaking. Oh, no, it was a husband. The neighbours have snitched on the guy. And um, there's pressure for them to move out of the area because they don't dig these, this dude. And she says, but he's such a nice guy. We never fight and everyone else does. And he smokes at the weekend because he's stressed out. And I, I like him when he's stoned, and so do the kids. And damn, the fucking kids. It's all about the kids. They want to take the kids away. The people in the area say they're no good as parents because of these two kids. And your fucking heart. All you're doing is checking Messenger in case there's a bust or something. And that hits you that there's still this whole deal where people think it's better to take their kids from their mothers than grow up with weed. Uh, you know what, honestly, you know what I think we should do? Serious, I don't know. <laughs> you, know you know how there's the Nigerian 419 scam? Yeah. yeah. We're going to start the South African 420 scam. <laughs> and when we say to Oaks, yo, come get the license. Yo, just give me the, the administration fee. Uh, you'll get it in the mail. Registered post in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, with a hologram. Because also, I wonder... It, I think people are going to take advantage because also if you're not going to be educated enough, I respect that people come to us for the questions because we've worked a lot to do that, to be able to answer <coughs> questions honestly and always like give a free answer where I can. There will come a point where I get sort of Tony where I'm like, if you really want my opinion, pay for it. Because also every time I give something to this, I take it away from that, which has become a big thing for us because time is precious.
We've, it's just whizzed past the last 10 days and like Myrtle says, there's 180 emails because you're out of your office zone in your mind because you're dealing with just 12 different nationalities who all are gracious enough to learn English. Yeah. Most of the people we're yeah. tuning here, they're, they're speaking a second language. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And you have to concentrate as well because of that. And you really get to hear what they say because they're saying it in their varying degrees of English. Yeah, it's been yeah. very. But this, uh, the, the, um, paying for the knowledge, I haven't found a question yet that I could actually charge for because we haven't got an FAQ for it uh, or a blog for it. I think with Tony, it was more. It's, it's more a case of of people wanting to get into a the commercial life. Yeah, commercial they want to farm this shit, and make money. Yeah. Not just him. I just want to get into the weed too. Yeah, I just want to grow it. Oh no, we get yeah. the we get it all the time. Yeah, they want you to get all the equipment. Tell them, tell me, I, what do I have to get? How do I do this? What's this? Tell me this and yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then just set it up for me yeah. and everything. And you're like, well, well, that oh, now, that, at that point, at that point, that's where you kick in with the. That's a big deal. Yeah. You want to set his business up, their business up, on their farm with whatever greenhouses they need and all of the shit that goes with it. That's where there's an invoice. And as soon as you bring an invoice, maybe, you know, yeah. there's, there's a lot of... People don't like to pay. when Once you've, yeah. you've stood there and talked to them for an hour, explaining them, telling them how this is and how that is and how you can do this, they're literally taking that, sponging it up, and they're walking away from you. You're like, well, that's just wasted. Well, like, like, like Tony really like can't buy stuff at the end. I'm not your can of Google. Not your can of Google, yeah. So there was another story. Uh, it wasn't such a weed story, but Jules, you mentioned, and I think it's worth bringing up, even if it's worth a minute or two, is the story in PR Log about, like, invasive species. Now, I'm not even going to go into the story because it's, like, irrelevant to cannabis until we think about, do you guys think weed... I know we know weed's naturalized in South Africa, which means it's been here for long enough and it's adapted and things like that. But do you think weed could be invasive? Because in Lesotho, that ship was everywhere. The article about invasive yeah. species is not it being an invasive species. Do you know what? The, I, I can't believe that. I've just picked this up from someone we've now met at, at, at the CND, American chick that's heavily into medicine and research. So they've got CBD down to nanoparticles and they wrap them up in some sort of nano skin and that nano skin makes them heavier than water. Okay. The little, the, the little balls that you can barely yeah. see. They're like little uh, uh, so styrene balls yeah. in, in, within a sack. Little things like nodules. And there's tons of them. And they sink because nano-wise nano they are heavier than water. Okay. And they drop onto the invasive muscles around the coastline that they're trying to kill. The... I, I read this thing the whole yeah, no, the it's wrong not, way. No. I've got clickbaited No, not at all. So I'm what, what I think it's an, but the point, the point is that what I would like to make about it is, it's the, as far as I know, it's the very first time something inside weed has been used to kill something because that's what they're doing. The, 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 the CBD reacts with... There's two types of mussels. I think they're off the Canadian coast, if I'm not wrong. Okay. So they're not giving yeah. it to the mussels because they've got cancer. They're no. trying to kill them. No, 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 no. They're totally... They're fucking everything up. Oh, they, okay. they came in and then not good for the ecology. And people are going, whoa, the amazing... A myriad of things you can do with CBD. I mean, this literally is just CBD. It's not weed. It's fucking... CBD. CBD in nano form... I know it's and and the the, the, the I, I haven't I haven't actually <laughs> found another one like it. It came to me just before the podcast, and I thought it was worth discussing. 
because if that's the case, then if it has been used to kill something, that's really weird. Like, for so you're me, saying like if we wanted to get all that heisted on hearties, we need to go pour our dad <laughs> into, <laughs> into the dad. Exactly. Well, I mean, THC and CBD is used to kill the cancer cell. It uses self self-destructed cells. So That's a very good so point. Because yeah, you've no, got everything shit. last. No, 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 he's put me on my, no, he's put me on my plan. No, you're thinking about it. You see, I haven't even switched yeah. on in my head properly. It's probably the same process. It's called self-destruction on the... I don't no, know. No, you're absolutely right. No, no, it kills a cancer cell. But I think you can't call cannabis an invasive species because it's useful. I mean, it's, it's a nitrogen-fixing plant, so it fixes the nitrogen in the soil, so it's good for everything around. It's a very, very good companion plant. So it's not like the water hyacinths or the guava tree or the milkweed uh, or those dreadful things that you get up in, in, in Pumalanga, because they take over from the natural species. Mm. And I don't think that in Lesotho you don't see anything else. You only see cannabis. Yeah, right. Because it's, so I don't think it can be invasive, but it's a big point, oh, the government's point yeah. against us is that it hasn't been declared a non-invasive species yet. And they try to use that every now and again it comes yeah. up. Oh, it's an invasive species and we shouldn't... We shouldn't so it's like plant xenophobia. Um, yeah. They don't yeah. see the difference between indigenous and endemic after hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. It's here and it's around and it's strong. Yeah. It's hard to put down. So it's, it's endemic. But um, no, it's not um, indigenous. And they're just trying to mix words, just to stall time. Yeah. But it's kind of weird, though, because it's, it's like to wrap my head around, are they weaponized CBD? Yeah, well, no, well, that's yeah. what I wanted. Because it's like Roundup it's, now you, for muscles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Dan's got it right. You, it goes around killing um, cancer, cancer cells. cells. Of course yeah. it does. Mm. So I never actually put it into context. But when they start talking about nanotechnology of CBD, fuck, man, when we started doing this, there wasn't any CBD. <laughs> oh, no. And now they've got fucking nanotechnology CBD. What, what, what is it about them and the CBD and not the THC? Because they still know nothing about the effects of THC. Quantify it. Tell me what it's like being stoned. It's, I've been reading about it. It's fucking baffled humanity. Every philosopher for thousands of years has tried to answer the question. We were having this discussion a lot on all of our train journeys mm. and waiting for trains and whatnot. Is what does it feel like to be stoned? So we were so very not stoned in Vienna. So we got the <laughs> very, very not stoned. And we got the plane, landed in Amsterdam, got the, the uh, train into town, uh, Put the luggage as it was freezing cold, so I sent tools off to the green ice coffee shop. Got the spliff, rolled the spliff down. Okay, now what does it feel like? And you know, <laughs> even just between the two of us, we couldn't really quantify you know, it. <laughs> you know, um, it brought me in touch with absolutely everything. I didn't have any extremities anymore, it was all one thing. That was the first thing I yeah. thought. It like brought me towards myself, like uh, sort of squeezed my skin a bit, mm -hmm. and you'd be more aware of yourself. And now we've just landed up after another yeah. 15 hours or whatever we did. And we and there's a metro and then there's a K walk with the fucking bag on the cobblestones. It's like, you know what it is to travel. You know to, to get. From, it's not like being in the air for four hours. All while holding your bag in your shit, And dreaming of a drag free world. And you can hear people with them um, walk on trolley things. You know, like hand luggage trolleys. Yeah. And it's all cobblestones. It's Different frequencies. They must make it play a song, man. <laughs> that was, was the You'll find the... somewhere in Europe that does that, I'm pretty sure. Every, sure. Everyone's on the move. Yeah. Every nationality conceivable, every yeah. language you can comprehend is in your ear all the time, and they're all going someplace. In Smoking there. average <laughs> weed. Smoking <laughs> average <laughs> overpriced weed. So, our next topic of the week. <laughs> I don't know if we're in the realm of being affected by this, 
We may yet. I hope not. What's that? But it's a story in on Herb.co, and it's titled, Is YouTube Turning Its Back on Cannabis? Or what is happening to YouTube's weed channels? And I'm going to give you the blurb. It's a bit sort of hipsterish the way it's written, but it's cool enough. Uh, Philip Markov works in, a digital mar- works in digital marketing. To most, he's known as a crazy ginger kid. In his YouTube videos, he sits in a room with instruments leaning against the white wall behind him, making the case for legalized cannabis relaying the effects of DMT, heroin, and methamphetamines, and recounts his own road to recovery. He started the channel because he found online resources for recovery too weak or too condemning. A more candid approach was a puzzle piece in YouTube that was missing and desperately needed. His most popular videos have over a million views. A million? So, just, just to break it down, so what he's saying is, when he went on YouTube and online, and, and it's, it was like this, not so long ago. You would search Dacha, and the first thing you'd get was like Sanka or something, no. and you would get a very polarized thing. It would all be this like heavy anti-drug vibe. Yeah. Treatment, yeah. treatment, treatment, treatment. Very yeah. subjective yeah. view, and you're saying like, wait, I'm a guy who's been through this. Let me tell people my experience, what mm. it's like, what to expect. And now YouTube is starting to clamp down on these videos. So they they stopping monetization on some of them. So the ones that are doing well, that earn money, fuck one day. <laughs> but they're taking that away. They're starting to pull videos on that as well. I, I think it's because of advertising issues as well. Advertisers may not necessarily <laughs> want their videos popping up in things about taking drugs. Right. But come on, big bulls. Come on, Jägermeister. I'll yeah, take it. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly. Right. So big time. in a way, he, he filled this void. And it's in a, for me, it's a service because to get that objective view is important. And now, inadvertently, YouTube's taking it away again. So, all we're going to get left with is the most extreme. Yeah, well, isn't it the classic principle of harm reduction? When, uh, you know, the <coughs> people who use drugs, people are fighting for all of these drug consumption rooms like the one in the basement of the UN, you know, <laughs> fighting for the drug consumption rooms for people. And then they give them, like in the UK about 12 years ago, they had very successful drug consumption mm-hmm. rooms. And then the conservative government came back in and then they took them away. Now they're fighting for them again. And I think yesterday or the day before, they're going ahead in Scotland. So that is what harm reduction is. But the people who are anti those drug consumption rooms say, oh, you're just giving the drug addict somewhere to go and take their drugs after they've stolen their mother's TV. So it's that same argument. It's it, is harm reduction. Is it, does it work, or does harm reduction encourage the use of drugs? Is he encouraging the use of drugs? Mm. And it's this round and round and round the houses debate that goes on and on and on. But the harm reduction camp is definitely winning. Yeah, they're definitely sense. winning because, luckily, all of those older older people are getting older. And the younger people are starting to find a voice. Look at these students in the States after the school shooting. Look how they found, found their voice. And while we might bemoan the UN and they're so slow and everything like that, um, the people who have been there for many years have said, wow, it's really moving at a pace now. So YouTube, you had better keep up with the Otherwise, with the, with another channel is going to take over. Another yeah. social yeah. media platform will yeah. take over. It's a cleansing thing. It's like they, they're clamping down on the right wing and political motivation and executions and they really are taking the filth off and maybe they so see YouTube it is, just... a sh- is, is like the, the Indonesia of social media. <laughs> but I have a death to you for educating yeah. people about drugs. I haven't yeah. checked this out's videos, but like 
Like, if the oak was sitting there sticking a needle in his arm, maybe I would be say like, yeah, well, maybe YouTube, you shouldn't put that there. But if it's just a person sitting there talking... Freedom of speech, man. You let, you let that little oak who should shot up that school full of kids have his rantings. You've let pretty much everyone have their fucking ranting. If a person's just going to sit there and give a genuine experience, it, yes, it may be subjective, but it's more than their mothers had or the Dwemenies exactly. had. Well, if they listened to all of them, then they'd have a statistic and they'd be able to understand it because... The people who take drugs are the only ones that know anything about it, no, maybe they including can cannabis. I know, I know as little about getting stoned as someone who never has. I can't quantify it, but I can feel it. But nobody, not even you know, Socrates couldn't figure it out. <laughs> so, I've got to bring up the story. Uh, like literally, literally just before we sat down, Jules, you brought up this. I'm going to read it out quick. It's a story uh, in the Mirror. UK. Uh, horror inside Dutch Parliament as cannabis activist throws himself off balcony after leaving Facebook saying, sorry, I had to do this. <laughs> so, uh, video shows MP Anu Ritter speaking in the House of Representatives before screams and gasps are heard as the man falls from the balcony. So basically all you hear is the cough. You don't even yes, see the cough. It would be nice if he fell in frame. <laughs> would have got a bit more views. Would have gone more viral. <laughs> but uh, a pro-cannabis activist threw himself from a balcony with a rope around his neck inside the Dutch parliament in an apparent suicide attempt while MPs were in session. And I'm sure he's got a heartache story about it. But doesn't that seem a bit extreme to make a point? Or is it Especially in the, in the Dutch parliament. I mean, everybody says, oh, I wish we could be like, to, like, I understand. Yes, it is free and everything. But when you speak to the activists there, it's not free. There's one um, guy who's been sitting outside the parliament in The Hague for the last, I think it's 38 days now. Because he was arrested for five plants. Because in Holland you're only allowed four plants. Isn't he in his seventies? And he's in his seventies, and he's sitting there in the rain and snow. But he's got a little portaloo like thing that he can get into, and it's sub zero. And he's yeah. there, and it's all green. He's in a green suit. He's got green hair. <laughs> and yeah, so everything's not so lacquer in Holland, you know. Mm, that, it's it's a very very conservative yeah, place. So obviously this guy was like, really had enough. Yeah. Um, there, I got an SMS from from Amsterdam now and said, no, the guy's fine. He, we, we, he, nobody knows if it was a suicide attempt or whether it was just what a was publicity What was he doing with stuff. the rope? Well, nobody <laughs> saw the rope because he's not anywhere else oh, yet. Okay. This is, there's no, it, it, it's a static camera to listen to the... <laughs> Maybe it was just the <laughs> 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 so they they never they didn't have any way of panning it to see what's going on, but it's people running off frame, coming to terms with what they just saw, because this is a genteel parliament going. Yes. <laughs> what a whack onto like Italian marble or something though in a parliament. But it was probably it was probably like one of those like this eternal line. But what's the difference between a ten-story drop and a two-story drop? The ten-story drop is ah. Oh, Doof. This oak was a two-story, so it was doof. Because oh! <laughs> he failed at this. Eh? But maybe it, was also, maybe it was a hemp rope sample, and he was rope, not dope, or some shit. Yeah. Who knows? Eh? Well, we'll find yeah. out. Because, I hope it was a publicity stunt. Uh, maybe it was, but it's not a really clever idea to do that. Yeah. Um, it just not so much, I don't give a shit about you breaking your bones and stuff, or even dying, but just... Now, look at the mental shit cannabis can give you, you know. This guy was off yeah, his rocker on exactly. weed and he yeah. fucking went and did this. And you see, <laughs> you're saying it's 
it's a false flag attack. Because <laughs> 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 <That's laughs> we never saw it. We never saw the body. We heard the thud. It's a, we can't find the camera. It's a spy. It spy pushed even, him off. A spy pushed him it off. It was a hologram. Who would actually <laughs> check that that was the Dutch Parliament for fuck's sake? Yeah. I didn't. It just said, <laughs> oh, here's the bird. Here's the bird. So, was, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> anyway, he's he's fine. And apparently some character or other people, people that I sent the message to know him immediately. So... Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's on my phone. I haven't got it with me. I'll give you an update. Hope he's got some medicinal cannabis with aches and pains tonight. <laughs> some topical cream. <laughs> Let me not say anything yet because this is right. Uh, so we're coming into land soon. Uh, just to take us to exit though, there's a story about the world's first hemp plane. So we yeah. can make all the usual puns about mile high and yeah. why, <laughs> why drink and drive where you can smoke and fly and all that. But it's a, it's a kid it's looking thing. It's actually started to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got reminded about that. We, uh, they actually follow us on Ducker Couple for okay. ages and ages. They've been working on that for years. And now it looks like that. It didn't used to look like that. It looked like a, like a cigar. <laughs> it looked this weird little thing, like a crop sprayer almost, with a big nose, and now it, it looks a bit different. So they're actually they've actually launched it, and it's a viable hemp product. Sure, Boeing, oh. here, it, here it comes. <laughs> well, I wonder, do you think it'll get to that point? Because like hemp's got a lot of catching up to do in a way. Because you know it's always going to come down to money in a way. So yeah. at one and point, water. at one point, will our phones be made out of hemp? Well, the inside and... of your seven series BMW is not made of hemp. Yeah, but that's because it's nice and it's socially conscious in a way. But that's so niche. I don't think so. That's I think so the, problem, the most sustainable, thing, sustainable method to make those inside panels yeah. is probably out of hemp. But they don't have to. It's because they want to. I think. And what, I, it's nice. What's and what it uh, was to be like, oh look, we're okay. We made it out of fifteen cows. The seats. But this this little panel we make out of hemp, so we kiff with Mother Nature. Yeah, I suppose so. But I think that hemp is turning the tide in Europe because we heard that yeah, no. Romania is absolutely covered in hemp fields and it's busy yes. recovering the yes. Romanian economy. So um, I think that there are countries that have got a lot of land and enough water where, where they can produce it. I mean, at least on the scale of cotton. You know, it might not take uh, over from from plastic and all of the petrochemicals and all of that event, you know, now, but, but I the think that Tony makes good. the point that uh, it is an exclusive thing, all the cosmetics are all for earth mothers and sort of people who are sort of middle class, upper middle class even, they're not really affordable to the masses, and now they put it in a BMW, but one day it'll be in a ton of baccy. It will yeah. be the ton of yeah. You think? You've got to get that part. I think I one know. day. I think so. Nanotechnology is changing up, everything. Right? You know, at a molecular level, what they can do with something that's already strong. So you're going to pull no your idea. fucking hemp out the thing, stick it in the, the 3D printer like Doc Brown. Yeah. <laughs> thing, and then it's going to 3D print whatever. Yeah. yeah. If you can yeah. supply the BMW or whatever companies with a cheaper panel with your hemp field, They'll buy. They will take that. With totally. Out of a, they'll Absolutely. Be there, like, Thank you very much. We'll take. Can you keep up with us, though? Yeah, right. And you'll be like, mm, well, I'll just have to. And then as soon as you do, they'll want to drop the price because now they keep, you know, you, you're going to Because now your neighbor's growing hemp, too. Because essentially, <laughs> yeah. it is cheaper. It is cheaper from what we've seen and read and like everything. It's, it's cheaper to do it. It's cheaper to grow fields of hemp than it is to do fields of 
whatever the wood that they would use to make the binding or the, the right. whatever it is for the wood for the door. It really is. It's simply it is. I mean, we're not going to go for like a Maybach where they're using the oak from the oldest tree in Italy. Right. That's like exclusive. But <laughs> really? Yeah. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. A friend of mine's father no does way. that. No yeah. way. Maybach are ridiculous things. but uh, It's exclusive. Like they get veneers off of any wood you want. You can bring them a tree from your flipping yard that's been there for 30, 40, 50, 100 years. And they'll veneer it off and they'll put that and they'll fix it in your car and that's exclusive stuff. Yeah. yeah. It'll be like that with weed. But that too, takes long maybe. to grow. With cannabis it's quick and easy though. Oh, some, oh, yeah. like Chop it up, put yeah. it to a car, then mass produced, done, done, done. Right, I agree. It's a no brainer, but people who have vested interest in something else are quite powerful now. Of course. So that's what we've got to fight now. Well we'll then maybe like they keep saying like the Simpsons forecast this and forecast that. Maybe Cheech and Chong forecasted with that original movie where they had the T-Bird van yeah. made out of fiber weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, completely, yeah. No, Door yeah. panels made out of hash. <laughs> no, so, this chandelier. Do you remember the Fat Fred? No, the Freak Brothers? No. They hid the weed and they made they made all the hash into a chandelier. Yeah. This massive chandelier above the um, stairwell of this house that we rented to get to get all the hash out of the way and it's sort of red bauble things. Oh, that was funny. Yeah, no, it all melted in the end. Of something, course it did. Something happened. Somebody set off pan on fire or something in the back, and then the whole fucking house heated up, and all the all the chairs basically melted off the hot box. Nowadays, nowadays hash and the dabs that you get now in extraction is going to literally look like crystals hanging off of a chandelier. Well, maybe yeah, they exactly. get you. Like, like you know, how they do ice sculptures. It's going to be this frosted dab in a cauldron <laughs> and a chainsaw, and a blowtorch, ten, twenty kg block. Going to pour shots down the thing, <laughs> guys. Uh, we're about to sign out. Hash uh, bomb. It's been a great evening. Before we sign out, though, yes, guys, D Day. Put that, that thing there. Right there's the A3 poster that's going to all of our vendors and to everywhere else so that we're going to punt it. And there's a lineup of note. There's three stages this year. Uh, it's a beautiful green place with loads of trees and there's loads of shade. And there's going to be a very diverse flea market of up to date um, goods and services and apparel and information. No, I keep saying it. It's going to be dank F, guys. Really. Dank. Get your tickets. Dank F. <laughs> so, yes, I've got to say this. The golden ticket. We're going to start running it next week, guys. We've got like 20, maybe 30 grand's worth of golden ticket competition. It's a lovely for prize. D-Day. Dude, it's like... By this time next week, it's going to be out there, guys. <coughs> Keep your eyes open. We don't yeah. even know about that properly yet. We've just flown into this. Um, yeah, one of our sponsors has been very, very generous with a bunch of stuff. And yeah. we going to tell you all about it next week because that is quite a, a tasty thing to win and so, a shout out to all of our stall holders who have paid and and allowed us to like bankroll this thing and actually put it off thank you very much to all of you and we'll see you on the day and thanks to our sponsors for the event and as always thanks to our affiliates and our international affiliates great to meet you yeah. all guys please fields of green go check out the outcomes thing i think we'll do a podcast about that yes. and go through a chapter by chapter but please like subscribe share yeah, keep going we're getting there. Keep going. And um, yeah, it yeah. feels like it's getting a bit further out there. Yeah. Bye. Stay loose. Bye.